Uh, happy Wednesday, everyone. Welcome to the fourth episode of the Sell That SaaS podcast. I'm so grateful that you have been along this journey for the past three episodes. We just cracked a thousand impressions on Spotify. So we're making a name for ourselves and I'm really excited to continue being your host. And today I have a special guest. His name is Logan Little. Logan and I met through our church actually on a golf outing and uh, I was really bad at golf and he was kind of teaching me some tips. True story, by the way. Uh, and he was really through that golf experience, uh, just found him to be a nice stand-up guy, then found out later he has over a decade of sales experience from door-to-door to now software sales. And he's also a head coach at our church's gym. Our church has a gym called Redline. Um, well, it's called Arena of Greatness. Yeah. We rent out a gym uh, in North Scottsdale, and he leads it Monday, Wednesday, Friday, every morning at five in the morning. So definitely a hard worker. I can't even make it to those workouts because I feel like it's too early. He's there every Monday, Wednesday, Friday as the coach. So really excited to have you, man. Yeah, excited to be here. Yeah, so I guess let's start from the beginning of just kind of telling me about before before we got on this podcast, he was telling me a little about his door-to-door sales experience. And I did door-to-door as well. I did pest control services yeah. um, as well as door-to-door staffing in downtown Chicago where I pitched CFOs on our services to basically staff their accountants. But it sounds like you've also done door-to-door, but in a much longer stint. I only did three to one-year stints. Tell me about door-to-door and I guess feel free to give yourself a general introduction of who you are and how some of those early sales experiences shaped who you are today. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I, I've been in, in sales for, for over a decade now. Uh, started right when I was 18, grew up in the sales world. Uh, actually, funny story is uh, back in sixth grade when you decide, hey, you do a presentation on what kind of career you want to do. Uh, I did mine on sales. Uh, wow. So I, I always kind of knew, uh, one, the lifestyle uh, and being able to, to earn an income that to support a family and, and also be able to do family things uh, is all kind of the reason why I wanted to be in sales in the first place. Uh, but I grew up in the real estate world and and found myself in the door-to-door world being recruited on campus at Boise State uh, and went out to my first summer. So this was a a summer program with alarm systems. So similar to pest control, uh, go out to a different market during the summertime. uh, But you it's it's six days a week, nine to 10 hour days uh, for the entire summer. So did that through. Uh, school and then even uh, a couple years after that, and so one with the with the door to door world, you learn to deal with rejection real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, I mean, if you if you're selling one out of twenty, thirty, even fifty houses, you're doing pretty good, right? Uh, so uh, you you learn to to also that that self discipline of continuing to be out there on your own, mm-hmm. uh, and so. Uh, it's uh, just a lot of really great experience uh, at a young age of just how to how to grind through it a little bit. Perfect. And so we heard about a little bit of your business background, but also I think the audience would love to know just about you personally. Like who who is Logan Little? Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's a lot. So uh, you you mentioned being in, involved with the the church stuff. Um, that, that's a big part of my life. Uh, involved with our, our men's ministry, the the gym that we we work out with uh, is it, not just a gym. Um, it's it's a lot of. Uh, we, we, we like to say pillars, uh, but it's the, the spiritual pillar, the mental pillar, relational pillar. We have a, a close of 
group of almost 50 guys who meets Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 5 a.m. Uh, to do to do things that are hard uh, before we like we like to say great before eight. And so it's uh, that's a, that's been a big part of my life. I've been in the the CrossFit community for uh, roughly five years, and mm-hmm. so that was a kind of big change in my my physical pillar was uh, doing things that are are pretty hard uh, in the in the physical realm. Uh, but then also tying that into uh, the spiritual side, of my faith is is a big part of my life. That's great, man. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. I'm very open online with a lot of my TikTok videos about who I am as a Christian, and definitely love sharing that to my audience. Just another layer of who I am is sell that SaaS. As many of you guys know me online is my handle, sell that SaaS. But also kind of tell them that hey, sales is is amazing, but I, I truly couldn't have done all the things I've done in sales without God. Right. And so I, I like to share that I'm I'm just a man. I'm just a sales rep. There's things that are bigger than me and I need help. And God always steps in to help me time and time, quarter right. quarter, quarter after quarter, uh, it just seems that he keeps taking care of me. I don't know why, but I'm grateful. <laughs> right. And uh, I, it, uh, it, it took a little while for me to realize it, but part of the reason why I've been successful in my, in my sales career is, is those God-given gifts of, mm. of being able to talk to people and relate to people. Uh, that's, that doesn't come naturally to a lot of people. So uh, that is definitely a, a gift uh, that we have, man. Yeah. And I heard you mention something you said, you're actually probably unlike a lot of people where you wanted to go into sales. Yeah. Myself and many of my friends who are in sales right now, we kind of fell into it mm-hmm. through, hey, this person's offering an internship. Do you want to work here? It's got some cash. Of course, I said, yes, I was broke. But it sounds like you almost wanted to go into this sales realm already knowing the financial reward that mm-hmm. comes with a sales career. When you were doing door to door, did you see any of those financial rewards come in at that time? Or was it kind of a delayed, now I see the power of sales once you broke into software sales? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, again, I wasn't super wildly successful in the door-to-door world. Uh, it, it did allow me to, one, get the, the experience. I knew it was going to be something that I, I could always put on my resume down the road. Um, but when it came to uh, the, the financial side of it is that I didn't really start to see that after uh, I jumped into um, my the educational tech world. Uh, the, the door-to-door world, it's a, it's a three to six month sprint of how, how much money or how, how hard can we work in, in that time frame. But the, again, the experience during that time was huge. I mean, it, it, I, I recommend a lot of people who even have an inclination of like, hey, I might go into sales. Go try to find some form of either door to door or cold calling. Like it's it, that is the best way to mm. learn as quickly as fa- as you possibly can. Is right is, is fail as, as fast as you can, fail forward. And so that's uh, been a big thing when I when I've coached sales reps in the past is how quickly can we get you to a point where failure is no longer an option. Right? It's like we we fail so much, then it's like okay, I, I continue to change and get better and get better, and then we see the the aha moment. And then it's uh, then it's all up from there. Yeah, and and I I love your your opinion on that because you mentioned just get a job, cold calling, door to door, something along those lines. It seems online right now that everyone's trying to get into tech sales. Yep. Because it's the hot sales job to have. Right. So would you recommend that they actually go get a not a software sales job? So for example, a door to door or a 
cold calling job just to get some experience put on their resume before that interview because I'm in a, in alignment with that but I wanted to hear your yeah. take <clears throat> I think like in the in the, the software world right now the tech sales world everybody's like oh I can I can go and make a, a good amount of money pretty quickly and you can't right it's like it's uh, the 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 products and the services that we can sell in tech will continue to grow uh, like the, the AE role, the account executive role right now is, is highly sought after. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, I, I, I highly recommend uh, going to be an SDR, a BDR, something door to door, some inside sales, just like get some of that experience making calls. Right. Like I think especially this day and age where such a, a texting world uh, is like getting the uh, the skill of being able to talk to people over the phone when the only thing that they want to do is say no uh-huh. uh, and get them to actually have a conversation with you is is truly a skill. And I think that that takes a, a lot of effort and, and time uh, doing those kinds of things. And then you'll you'll be prepped for uh, an AE role and, and you'll crush it. So, okay. yeah, I, I highly recommend getting out there just face, facing as much rejection as you possibly can. Yeah. Tell us about that rejection. What does your day-to-day look like? Yeah. Uh, luckily, at this point in my career, uh, don't have to do a ton of cold calling anymore. Um, but it's uh, it, it's a it's part of the the job, right? Is mm-hmm. that we're we're in the sales world. If you're if you're at a, at a, a 30, 40 percent close rate, you're in the top one half percent, right? Like you're you're up there. If you're closing 30, 40 percent <laughs> of your demos, you're in the top. One percent you think of all software sales, right? right. Okay. Yeah, uh, but if like if you're if you're getting um, like, but we take a step back, we look at the cold call. Out of how many cold calls you're setting a meeting, like it, then you're looking at quality and quantity difference, right? It's like obviously if we're just just making calls to make calls, uh, but then it's the quality conversation. I saw in one of your other episodes uh, about having that conversation and and treating that person like a human, right? Is it is it disruption in their life mm-hmm. uh, to, to take that call. And so to be able to then set a meeting from that, one, that's already a huge step in the right direction. Um, then getting them to show up to the meetings, obviously another uh, another piece of it. But yeah, I think the the rejection piece is one we we have to we have to be able to, to roll it off the back and and continue to move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, I, I, I'm a baseball guy as well. So uh, I the, the best baseball players that ever played uh, got out seven times out of ten. Mm-hmm. And so it's a, I, I relate that in the, 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 the sales world is like if we're closing three, four out of ten, we're, we're in the top one percent. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, a, it's a very similar comparison there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. High close rate, typically good seller. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Typically. You obviously need the product market fit the right pain points to be able to solve for the client. There's all those factors, okay. but I do agree. You, you have you have an AE who can close 30, 40% of the demos. You're you're gonna be always in a job, whether it's at your current company as top performer or some other place as enterprise or a mid-market seller. So totally agree with what you said. I, I'm, I'm curious though that for, for my audience, a lot of the audience is a split. I have people who are SDRs who are also AEs, and they're really gunning for that AE journey. Some organizations are 100% full cycle, mm-hmm. where the AE is going to be doing all the prospecting, all the closing. It sounds like you're in a role where you're more of just the closer. 
Is that so I, I I am full cycle right now. You're yeah. full cycle yeah. right now. So I, we we do get uh, we do have an SDR team that works uh, within our organization, uh, but that's very minimal what I do. But I yeah I do all my own prospecting. I'm uh, right now I, I do a bunch of networking. Uh, so I work in a, a very niche industry, okay. um, senior care, and so I I go to a lot of uh, senior care events. I'm like in seven or eight networking events a month. This is something I have no experience in. Yeah. So my my company hasn't sent me really anywhere. Um, I'm doing an on-site visit this Thursday mm-hmm. um, in Palatine when I go back home to Chicago. But that was by by chance. I, I met a prospect on Friday, and they said, "Oh, we're in Hoffman Estates." I said, "Oh, I'm from Palatine." We start chopping it up. Now we're working towards a deal. And they said, well, you know what? Why don't we sign the contract on Thursday with you here in person so we can ask you questions? And I was thrilled. I love doing on-site yeah. visits. But that's the extent of my on-site or travel experience in software sales. So how often are you traveling? And, and give the audience some tips on how to be successful at these networking events. Yeah, Uh and it's a great question. So I'm I luckily here in Phoenix, the, the Phoenix Valley is is large enough to where uh, I don't have to travel a ton. There's there's plenty of opportunity right here in Phoenix. Uh, but my my territory, I manage all of Arizona, New Mexico, in uh, part of Southern California at the moment. And so uh, luckily, I don't have to travel too much okay. uh, for actual like sales events with the organization. It's about once a quarter uh, where we're going uh, all over the country. But uh, then we have conferences and these networking events. So just here in Phoenix, I have uh, eight events per month. And so, Whoa. yeah, so it's it's usually one or two a week. Uh, and that's just getting out and, and getting to, to meet with the people who are doing this. So these are these are prospects. These are people that uh, I, I'm either go- either trying to build that relationship with or they're my, already my current clients, and I get to continue to build that relationship with. And then the the name of the game in in sales is referrals and follow ups, right? And so, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully, hopefully that'll continue to to um, grow as well. So most of your closed business is from these networking events. Um, it's a good question. I wouldn't say most. Uh, it's a it's a good chunk at this point. Uh, a lot of referrals uh, from our partnerships and those kinds of things, but. Uh, those networking events, they, that's really just the start, right? It's like instead of the start of with cold calls, like, hey, let me get you into a meeting. I see these people a couple times a month at a networking meeting, check in with them, right? We're all humans. Uh, and being able to say, hey, like, how's – you talked about uh, you're going home for, for the holidays. How What's the what's the plan going to look like, right? It's like you actually get to know this person as a person. Yeah. Uh, and then when it comes to like, hey, what I actually do – as I help businesses like you. And this is how we're going to be able to help it. And so those networking events, uh, kind of to, to circle back to your question, is like what to do in those to, to be successful is uh, is almost interjecting conversation, right? It's like find somewhere where we can find some common ground uh, and just and just be a person. Like, like the, I think that the, when you think of salespeople at networking events or conferences as they're the, the pushy salespeople, right? Sure. It's like, let, let me let me get my product or my service in front of you. Uh, but if you we can just jump into conversations naturally and just, hey, this is a person that we can talk to about traveling, about fitness, about faith, uh, right? As we can have these real conversations. And then it's like, oh, Logan, what do you what do you do? 
right? It's like, oh yeah, I, I do actually, I'm still working. Uh, so I think that's the, the important part of networking is, is just be a person first. Uh, the, the business will come. Yeah, I, I love that. I think in the past at the conferences I have been at, just because I had that door-to-door sales experience, I thrive on in-person meetups because unlike a cold call, when you go to someone in person, they're not going to slam the door in your face. <laughs> right. it, typically, maybe door to door they will, but when you show up at a business place where I would usually show up, people would usually be kind enough to say, "Hey, look, we're really busy right now, but you know, let me get your information. Let's exchange." And sometimes they just couldn't say no because I'm a human being that's in the room trying to get a chance to talk with them about my product or service. And there's some empathy involved as well. And so with these networking events, a lot of these people, you don't want to hard sell them because you want to just treat them as a human being and have empathy up front. And when you do that, people are more likely to be like, hey, that was a really good conversation. By the way, what do you do? Just like what Logan said. And um, if there's a book, I don't know if you've read it called how to win friends and influence people. No, yeah. I love that book because it really talks about just being a listener. And yep. if there's an audience that's listening right now, definitely pick up the How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. It's timeless. I think it was written in the 70s. Yeah, it's, a, it's an older book, yeah. It's an older book, but it has a lot of gold of how to be an active listener and how just the act of listening will make someone feel like they just had the best conversation of their life by you just being an active listener. So, an active listener is actually adding genuine feedback after they say, after they go on a monologue, if you ask them, so what was that like? You know, just some questions to kind of get them rolling that actually show them that you are paying attention. Um, and then also there's some little hacks it has where you repeat their first name. People love to hear their own name. So yeah. I like that tip as well. So in person selling, you're telling, everyone, hey, treat them as a human first, have empathy, have a real conversation, then move to the, hey, this is what I do and this is how we can help you. Right. And tell me, tell the audience about this follow-up because there's an influencer I follow. His name is Andy Elliott. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with him. name sounds familiar. He's in the Scottsdale area and he always talks about how he's going to follow up with you more than the next rep. And he's going to follow up with you until you say yes or no or to the point where you're no longer at the company, he's going to follow up with you that much. And I like that methodology. And I like that mindset. So tell me about how important follow-up is for you after you meet these people at these events. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I always like to use numbers, a big numbers guy. And I think uh, in, in the software world as a whole, it takes eight to 10 touch points before you actually ever get the meeting. Okay. Or And then once you get to the meeting, then obviously there's follow-up that, that gets involved there. Um, but most sales reps, and I wouldn't be able to quote where I got this statistic, but most sales reps stop following up after two or three touch points. And so the vast majority are missing out on those follow-ups. And so, I mean, it's, it's in most sales books. Fortune is in the follow-up, right? And the, the more we continue to, to be that touch point. So I mentioned right now uh, in my career, a lot, of, a lot of my calls aren't cold calls. They're, I've had this conversation before. Uh, I've, I've talked to this person, checking in, seeing where we're at in, in their business cycle. Hey, I sent a, this email for some value, what's going on in the industry. I want to see if you did get a chance to, to 
go through it? Did what? Did you have any feedback for me? We have a webinar, whatever it is that I can continue to be a resource. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes, because I would say, especially in the software world, uh, there is also a timing component, right? It's like these are businesses that are doing other things uh, in their business and and we have to also meet them where they're at in their business and be able to to then provide that that software or that product uh, in a good time, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, you never know when that timing is going to be. Um, so, some people will, will come out and tell you like, hey, we're going to be evaluating software in May. Uh, and that hey, that's, you hit, you hit gold there. Uh, it's like, yeah, I just want to be a part of that conversation. Uh, but typically it's, it's the, the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight touch points. And it's like, hey, this Logan guy keeps mentioning the things that we, we do. Uh, and it sounds like this might be a good option because they, they focus on our industry. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we should take a meeting, right? As I could, obviously I've continued to call and ask for that meeting, but now it makes a whole lot more sense because now they know my name, they know my, the company. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, it's, it, when we do that follow up, we're, we're going to have much more success uh, okay. down the road. Yeah. hundred percent agreed. It sounds like you're adding value in your follow-ups. 100%. So these, can you tell the sellers about that? Because a lot of sellers, a lot of times will just say, following up on this, any feedback, hey, so-and-so, following up again. And I don't feel like that adds a lot of value, though I do appreciate the, the fact that they did follow up. I don't know about the value aspect. So tell me about these emails and how you're adding follow, uh, value in those follow-ups. Yeah, I, I think the the hard part for uh, our sales reps is, is that balance between uh, being hungry and being starving, right? It's like when, when we're in a, in a little bit of a slump, we feel like, hey, I need to set this meeting. Uh, versus being hungry is just being driven to continue the sales process. Mm, uh, like and that. and so the when we when we're just like, hey, I'm following up about the meeting that we were supposed to set and I want to set it, that falls on the starving category, right? Okay. And and that you get that sales breath of like this guy's kind of desperate for for uh, a meeting versus, Hey, uh, I sent over an email around uh, what's going on in in the home care industry. Uh, It it was really good about the the different compliance pieces and all that. I wanted to make sure that you guys were up to speed. Mm. And so instead of saying, hey, I'm trying to set a meeting, it's like, hey, I sent you this piece of value uh, that's going on with uh, that's relevant to what you're doing in your business. Now let's let's have a conversation about that versus Hey, let's just set a meeting. Mm. And so again, we the, those those touch points need to be much more than just I, I want to set a meeting. Like, yes, it's a part of it, uh, but when we can continue to bring value, we're not just a salesperson anymore. We're somebody who is giving to them just as much we're gonna, as we're going to get back. Mm-hmm. The value piece is huge. Yeah, finding a case study that your company has on yeah. the website, a webinar, as Logan mentioned. There's a lot of other things that you can find just from your company's marketing materials that you could send as a touch point. So for me, when I haven't heard from someone in a while, it's kind of frustrating because we had all this momentum going into what we thought was going to be a sale. And so what I'll say is I'll send them an email. I'll say, hey, so-and-so, thinking of you, thought you might appreciate this piece. And I'll link like a case study. Yeah. And I'll say, thought you might appreciate this piece particularly the part of how XYZ brand scaled their influencer program from 50 to 300 reminded me a lot of our conversations about your influencer goals. Best. See you later. And 
personalized, focused on the impact of their business. Like that's 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 perfect. Yeah. And those aren't always going to get me a response. Right. At the same time, though, with an agreement with Logan, you're not being the typical sales rep of, hey, following up on this, hey, following up on this. You're actually adding value, and people will remember that in their buying journey of software. And they might try and inter- they might um, evaluate a competitor. Even if they evaluate a competitor, they'll they'll realize that a lot of sales reps are not that good. A lot of sales reps are very basic. They do the same things Logan and I were talking about, the hey, following up. And they'll remember you because I've had people come back to me time and time again and say, hey, to be candid with you, we were going to go with X, Y, and Z, but you made us feel that we could trust you by giving us the realness and being a resource to us. And that means the world to me. Right. And, and you were talking earlier about how relationships are everything in sales. Mm-hmm. I guess, is there anything that's really worked well for you when it comes to getting a referral from a client? Do you have a certain way that you ask for a referral? Uh, no, not really. I uh, Again, I, I just continue to try to add value to them, right? As I think the, the other piece of that, uh, like one, getting marketing materials from the company are great, but also becoming an expert in what you do, right? It's like we we work for eight, nine hours of the day. Uh, we have other things in our lives, but spend a couple of hours continuing to become an expert in your field. If, if you guys look at any of my posts on uh, on LinkedIn or, or socials, it's like I'm, I'm just continuing to add le- uh, thought leadership for what's going on in the industry that I work. Mm-hmm. And so that continuing to sharpen my own pencil uh, on what I do and what my prospects are doing on a day to day basis then brings me into that conversation. Right. It's like now it's like, oh, I actually know what nurses and caregivers and the senior living communities are actually doing on a day-to-day basis, then it's not like, hey, let me just talk to you about my software. It's like, hey, let me tell you why uh, bringing on more nurses during this time uh, of uh, Q4 is going to be important for you here in Arizona. Mm. It's like it's a completely different conversation. Uh, And so then again, building that relationship uh, you mentioned is trust, right? We do business with people we know, like, and trust. Sure. Uh, and the one, continue to see your face. Uh, one thing I, I uh, was never a huge fan of software sales early on in my career is having cameras off, oh, right? Like, like, I, I, I just, I don't understand. Uh, it's like we, a lot of us make our money because of our the way we're able to talk to people and express and, and be excited for them when they see the, the impact, right? It's like, is have your camera on, let them see your face, like let them know we we are a person too. And and when we're able to, to show our facial expressions uh, and all those things that, hey, this is what I truly believe is going to impact your business uh, and be serious about it and, and be excited, like, oh, wow, I like, just being able to to process your payroll a little bit quicker, you're going to save 250 hours a quarter in man hours. Like mm. like that can change the the trajectory of a business. Yeah. And being excited about that, and they can see your excitement as well, um, is is huge in that process. And again, it's all about knowing, liking, and trusting you. Mm. Yeah, I think throughout this conversation, I definitely see that you are a sales rep that brings the facts. Which I appreciate. I think that that's that's good. When you come into a conversation, you come in with, 
hey, this is what's going on in the industry. This is what I see from other people and almost puts you in the lens of a consultant right. rather than just a sales rep for a piece of software. So I appreciate that. Right. And I think that you should keep doing that because I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm just listening to you talk and I'm putting myself in a buyer's seat of like the way that I hear you talk about, hey, this is the reason why it'd be a good move. It's almost like a matter of fact. Uh, <laughs> right. Like these are the facts. Right. It would be a mistake if you didn't do this, but you're not going to just outright say it's a mistake, but you're pretty much just saying this is the facts that are going to make you successful. Um, you it becomes know. a no brainer, right? Mm-hmm. It's like it, it, if, if we can lay it out. And so part of part of my sales process uh, and, I, and I can't coin this myself. This is part of uh, the organization that I work with. But we do a, an ROI, a business case analysis, what their current processes look like compared to what it, life would look like with my software. Mm-hmm. And we, we talk about not only a dollar savings uh, from eliminating some process, but also time, right? It's like uh, when, I, when I first got into B2B sales, I was like, well, B2B is all about the numbers, right? It's like, yes, and it kind of is, right? It's like it does need to make financial sense to, to make a, an investment in, in, in a product or service. But like these people are also people mm-hmm. and they are in their business for a particular reason. I always like to ask, hey, what brought you into the home care world or the healthcare world? It's like, why why are we here? And it's like, majority of them, I would say like 99% of them have a personal experience with something with their, their family members, their parents, and why they're here. Uh, and so being able to then have that conversation of like, this is going to now change your life because of the time and money savings and that you wanted to be able to provide care to, to more people, that's why we're here. Mm-hmm. Not, hey, I'm just selling a software that's going to, uh, make it more streamlined. I was like, that just sounds like every other uh, salesperson out there, right? It's like, let me, let's right. help streamline your operations. That's what like, every salesperson that, says. Right. It's like, software that, sales. Yeah. It's like, uh, I'm going to make everything faster and more streamlined for you. That That's that's like going into a car lot and hearing the same thing from every car sales rep. Right. Looking for a new car? It's like, no, I, what I want to do is be able to uh, have this uh, part of my business uh, uh, and have an impact in that and so um yeah it's it's super important to to understand that the people that we're dealing with are also people and then how it's going to impact their business mm-hmm. with numbers right right it's the it's the, the numbers are, are still there but it's how it's going to impact them as a person impact them as a person yeah it's it sounds sounds to me that we have a similar type of current state future state type of environment where you're showing them this is where you're at right now this Mm -hmm. is where you'll be with our software right and roi numbers are great facts are great on the number of time that they'll save or the money they'll make but also hitting that personal aspect of let's talk about the pain you'd experience personally if you did not onboard our software and it's not anything that needs to be scary when you're talking to a prospect about this but a question that i love to ask buyers um, what happens if you remain the status quo and you don't onboard a new software like the one you're evaluating? And you'll hear a bunch of different answers. You'll hear sometimes, oh, well, if we remain status quo, it's just the way it is, then I'll tag in another member. I'll say, you know, Nikki, what do you think happens if you guys remain the same? Oh, well, that's not an option. You know, <laughs> right. we, we can't do this anymore because yeah. it's it's causing us too many headaches and we need to make a switch. So, as a seller, then you have a little bit more ammo 
in, in your tool belt of saying they pretty much just admitted to me they're going to make a buy, but I have to now work with them that this buy with our software is the right choice for them based on their pain points, based on their experiences and aligning on what they need, not what I need. Right, right. I think a lot of sellers make that mistake where they feel that they have to just have the same type of sale for every single buyer Mm. and they generalize. They say, hey, we're going to streamline your business. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And though that may work for someone who's hasn't bought software before is a little bit naive. Most buyers out there are very aware that they want to be, they want to feel heard. They want to feel that the seller really understands what they need. And the best buying experiences I've had as a buyer have been through someone who understands what I need. They don't take me through a standard demo. They ask me what's most important to me in my day to day. And they start there. And a lot of times you don't even need to show the whole tool the whole platform right right. you can just show the parts that are relevant to that person right and that's enough of the sale because i feel like sometimes when you show the whole tool it can almost be overwhelming where someone's like "Mm, i really only wanted this piece but now i feel overwhelmed thinking that i have to manage the entire software right so focus on the buyer focus on what they need and you'll find yourself just getting more and more sales through relationships and being that that person that someone can trust and say, "Wow, they really understood me." Yeah. So, yeah, the, one of my one of my favorite quotes uh, uh, is, instead of "keep it simple, stupid," uh, right? It's like yeah. don't overcomplicate it. I, I've always coined it as "keep it super simple." Is like is make it make sense to that person. Like it, it may make sense for us, right? It's like we're, we're we get in in the zone with our processes, and and we we feel like we we're going through demos, we're doing all these things, and and that that feels really good for us. But if we keep it simple and what's going to make sense for them, yeah, that's when they become a true buyer. Is like it's not I'm not just demoing software to demo software. I'm demoing it to them and how it's going to impact their business. And then it's like okay how much of the product am I going to get? It's not a yes or no, it's how much. Okay. And so that's, and that's where, where I find myself and a lot of my processes uh, when it comes down to it is it's like, because we, we have multiple products in our service. And so it's, uh, it, it's not a, a yes or no, it's, well, we're going to start with this and then we can always add these things later. So it's, it, you get to a point where uh, it makes a lot more sense to them uh, and not sense to us, right? We have to paint the picture for their business not the way we want it. I like that. What's your average deal size? Uh, so I think revenue-wise, um, so it's based on an annual basis. I think I'm anywhere from uh, eight to twelve k. Yeah, yeah. So it's nice. not huge, uh, but I've had clients uh, in the six figures. I've had yeah. Um, so it's it just kind of depends. Those deals are a little bit more complex, typically. Yeah, the six figures. Yeah. Um, so okay, I was just curious. What do you think is, I had a couple of questions for you, but now I want to do like current state, future state. What's the most challenging part about being an account executive in software sales that you feel like people are not really aware of? Hmm. It's a really good question. I would say like one, the, the juggling of, or, or managing your time. Right. It's like figuring out like, hey, this is this is my prospecting time. This is my demoing time. This is mm. my paperwork time. Like there, there's all of these tasks that we have to do in an AE rule. Uh, and, and most AEs won't have to do a ton of, of prospecting. But 
uh, fostering those relationships for long term is also a part of the business, right? Whether that's where we get re- referrals and that follow up. So I think being really good at managing your time is underestimated in in, a, in an AE role. Mm-hmm. Is like we we need to spend time in each one of these buckets. That's how we keep a, a consistent pipeline uh, of deals flowing through. But if we if we just focus on uh, say, say prospecting, for example, if I'm only focusing on, on hunting all the time, my deals down further down the pipeline are going to fall through because my demos suck. Mm-hmm. Right. Or like, I'm not, I'm just doing a generalized demo for everybody. Uh, and, uh, the ones that should be deals are falling off because there wasn't personalized to them. And so it's a, it's a fine balance between being really good at feeding the pipeline, but then fostering the pipeline and then there's always the closing part, right? It's like we we gotta we gotta figure out a way that's going to make it make sense for them, financially, personally, emotionally, right? It's like these people are people, uh, and and making sure it makes sense to them uh, on, on all those levels. And so I think I think again I think that's the the hardest part that mm-hmm. a lot of people are like oh I want to get into to tech sales and I want to jump in uh, as quickly as I can. It's like Yes, do that uh, when you can, but know that you will also continue to refine your process as you grow. Mm, okay. Well, how do you deal with the pressure of hitting quota every quarter, <laughs> right? Uh, it's a tough one, man. I, I think uh, that's where uh, a lot of sales reps, either they, they burn themselves out or that's where they, they struggle to stay in a, in a sales career. Uh, I, I've been... Uh, fairly lucky in, in how I uh, bless it is what I, I would rather say is that um, quota quota will come and it will go. And as long as we continue to focus on the little processes that w- work up to quota, well, we'll hit it. Yeah. Uh, and so um, I think the, the overarching quota, right, we actually look at a, a year quota and then a monthly quota, right? If, if I were to look at my yearly quota as a whole, it's like, well, I'm never going to get there. Right? It's like I'm looking at staring down the barrel of, of half a million dollars in revenue. Um, but if I break that down like, hey, this is what I need to do on a quarterly basis, on a monthly mm-hmm. basis, on a weekly basis, on a daily basis, you break it down into these bite-sized pieces. It's like, oh, I actually just need to make 20 calls a day. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> right? Like uh-huh. it's it's really not uh, not as complicated as we like to see it as. Yeah, I like that. My account executive, when I first started working with him, he said, think of each month as if you're a football team in the NFL. Right. And break your quote up into months. And he said, okay, let's say you miss a month. You're the Patriots. You lose a game. Okay, no worries. Dust yourself off. Go on a four-game win streak. Now you're four and one. You lose another one. Okay, four and two. As long as you could finish out the year nine and three, you know, above 500, two, right? above, <laughs> above 500, you're going to be in a good place. Yeah. And it's, it's so true to the NFL, right? You, you make the playoffs if you have a winning record yeah. and in software sales, as Logan said, cause I'm with you, man, I've, I've, I've looked at my quota for the year and I said, that's at times I looked at it and I said, that seems a bit high, but then my AE, well, I'm an AE now, but when I was an SCR, I had my account executive, Eric, and he said, just look at it as a game. Dude, each, month, gamify, yeah. each month is a game of the NFL and your football team. And you and you want to do your best to win, but you're going to have some losses. There's, It's rare a team goes to the Super Bowl and they've never lost a game. Right. It's Maybe it's been done before, but it's definitely rare. 
And even the best teams in the world have lost a couple games. So I think as a seller who has a quota, the pressure is real. Don't let the pressure control you and control the way that you behave and kind of shut you down. Just look at it as I'm going to lose some, but hopefully I'm going to win more than I lose. And, right. and from there, you'll be able to excel. I, I, I wanted to ask you, because you start out the conversation by saying something that I agree with a lot with the finances of software sales. And I never set out to make a lot of money. I, I feel like I, I've I'm not a millionaire, I'm not anything like that, but software sales has allowed me to have a good career, have a good earnings, and I'm so always will be so grateful for that. But for you, like how much of that plays into you staying in software sales? And do you feel like you're gonna make a lifelong career out of this? Do you feel like you're just gonna be in it for the next decade or more? Yeah, and and that's a really good question. I. Uh... I've always said I'll, I'll probably be in sales forever okay. uh, in in some shape or form. And and if you if you look at a lot of uh, sales books or or self development books, we are always in sales, mm-hmm. whether it's your title or not. Uh, is like we're always uh, selling ourselves as a person, whether that's on a first date, uh, whatever. Right? It's like we're we're always in in some sort of sales environment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the the financial side of it, and and again, extremely blessed in my career. But the the biggest piece is it is it it's our job is just a job, and yeah. that's something to remember, uh, especially in the sales world. Right? Is like when when we start taking sales home, our job home, uh, that's when it starts affecting affecting the rest of our life. Uh, that it, it is. Uh, I see my career more as a vehicle. Uh, a vessel to be able to do the things that I want to do with my life. So, uh, yes, to, to answer the question, uh, I do believe I'll, I'll be in some shape or uh, a form of sales uh, my entire life. Uh, but that I'm sure that'll that'll change. Even over the last decade, it's it's been in, in multiple facets. So uh, it's it, I, I think it'll always be there. Uh, but it just allows me to do the things that I want to do. I like that, bro. Yeah. And and it to me, I, I love to. I think I'm curious for you when you bring the work home, you mentioned that. How do you manage that? How do you have all these things occur at work and still be able to check yourself and not bring that home? Yeah. And I, and I struggled uh, at first. So especially right when quarantine. So I've actually worked from home since quarantine. So March Same. of 2020. And uh, it's, it's definitely tough. Like for the first uh, and again, at the time, I was managing an international business. I had team team members uh, all over the world, and so I had teams in the U- or reps in the UK. I had rep in, in Australia, so I had somebody online twenty four seven. So it was very easy for me to, hey man, how you doing? Right? It's like, hey, how did how did that call go? How did how did that demo go? Right? It's like it, it's very easy to do that. Uh, and so for me, it was it, it came to a point of, hey, like. I'm tired now. Mm-hmm. Like and I, and and I it's not okay to be tired all the time. Like we we have people in our lives that we want to be able to spend time with. Uh, and again, that's ultimately why we're here is, is that connection and I think that's uh, a big part of our lives is that community and in our faith is like yeah. uh we're 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 called to to love on the people around us and if we're bringing home stress and work all the time uh, we, we fail in that area. Yeah. And, and, it, and it's very easy to do that. So how I've done it, 
is I have a dedicated space just for work. Uh, and it's, hey, when, I, when I'm in this bubble of my work, I'm, I'm all in. Right. Yeah. It's like this is this is my work time uh, and this is this is I'm, I'm going to dedicate it. And, and I think another part, especially working from home, is doing it in bite sized pieces. Right. It's like sitting in front of your computer all day when you're at home is brutal. It like is. It's, it's, it's one. It's not easy to do. And so take a take a five minute walk uh, throughout the day. Uh, get outside. Uh, see the sun. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons why we live in Arizona, Blast. right? <laughs> is uh, the sun. We get to see the sun uh, as much as possible. So uh, taking those those small little uh, breaks throughout the days is super important. But then when it's when it's done, when the day is done, like I don't even touch that bubble again. Okay. Yeah. That that to me is like very reassuring of how I live because I I used to struggle with it too, where I would burden my mom with all these things that happened at work mm. of, this is happening oh my gosh mom you know and then she's just kind of listening and god bless her because she's <laughs> my mom she has to listen but there's people in your life who don't have to listen to you and i think as i've gotten older and my girlfriend and i've been dating 10 months i know you're engaged yeah. you know when i hang out with my girlfriend or when i say okay we're going out to dinner and it's after a day of work maybe you could relate to this but i think typically you know, they don't want to hear all the horror stories. They want you to be present in that moment. Um, sure, they want to know a little bit, and I'll give them some cliff notes of how the day was. Right. Right. But I don't like to harp on how challenging my day was. I'm When I'm with my significant other, I'm 100% present with them. And that to them matters more than to them just kind of being a soundboard for how difficult your job is in its sales. Well, of course, sales is difficult. Right. <laughs> of course, sales is difficult. And you can kind of inform people in your lives that, yes, I have a difficult career. There's going to be ups and downs. But it's your job as a sales rep to manage those emotions mm -hmm. and to manage those personal relationships and be able to come home and be a present uh, brother, husband, whatever it might be, sister, wife, friend, you name it, coach. There's a bunch of things that people need you to be present for. And sales, as Logan said, is just a job. It's not your identity. It's just an addition to who you are as a person. And, and it does allow you to have some really great experiences through right. the financial gains of sales. And I'm like you, I'm going to be in sales for the rest of my life. At least I feel right. in some aspect, because every single role in your life is a sales role. You're always selling yourself, putting your best foot forward. And I'd recommend uh, if you wanted to. Feel like you might find it useful check out a book called slight edge slight edge okay by jeff olson you'd really like it i feel like for you you talk about these daily things that kind of compound over time yeah that's what the book talks about it's not finance it's not anything spiritual it's more of just a real world experience of different examples in life of how small daily activities can build up over time and i think in sales too it's it's just a culmination of day in day out you show up to kind of recap what Logan said, right? You see this you see this huge quota for the year. It's so daunting and so intimidating. But you break it down, oh, I just have to make 20 calls today and then 20 <laughs> calls the next day. And I have to send 20 emails this Friday. It's just the small daily things. And when you add them all together, you somehow are at quota or above and you're thinking, how did I do that? But it was the things you did when no one's looking. So yeah. Brother, I really appreciate everything you've you've shared and just the 
the human aspect that you add to sales, I think you definitely add a like a calm, cool, factual approach to your selling journey. And I think as a buyer, I would appreciate that. If, right. if I was if I was buying from you, I'd be like, hey, this guy, he knows what he's talking about. So, so two questions for you to wrap. I ask us for, for every guest. One question is, who do you look up to the most in your life, personal, and why? Uh, first one's God, um, and 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 uh, and I'll, I'll take that cop out because uh, <laughs> as a man of faith, that's that's a that's an easy easy answer. But uh, but I also think it's important to have mentors uh, here uh, while we're we're with our time on Earth. But uh, I, there there's a couple of people in my life. I, I've had sales coaches. I've had. Uh, regional managers, people who have poured a ton into me and my experience, um, but like uh, uh, there, there's there's people I've surrounded myself with now that are not pouring into just one area, right? For the longest time, it was like, oh, this is my fitness coach, this is my sales coach, this is uh, my financial coach. Uh, now I have people who uh, I can talk to about. A few things, right? Because those do bleed over into each other, right? Mm-hmm. It's like my finances and my career go hand in hand. Yes, they uh, and it really, if we're looking at it, how I'm treating my body also goes into my career, mm. right? Like if I'm if I'm tired all the time, uh, my my job's not I'm not going to be as good at my job, right? It's because I'm tired and I'm not I don't have that extra motivation to just do a little bit of extra work. And so I think all, having somebody that speaks up speaks into your to your life in, in multiple aspects uh, and speaks into you as a person is extremely helpful. And so that's that's just what I've done is I've, I've been able to tie a couple of people, uh, especially older people who with wisdom mm. uh, that have, have gone through different careers, different uh, seasons in their life and and speak to different areas of my life, right? As I, I'm, I'm getting married in February. We, we talked about it before we hopped on is like, is couples who have had a successful marriage and being able to speak life into that is ex- extremely important. So people who can speak into uh, multiple areas of your life, that's mm. that's really been my big focus over the last couple of years. Mm. I think a lot of people are struggling to find a mentor and they don't know how to go about it. I believe it starts with humility right. of, of saying that I need help in this area. You have something that I want. Admitting that, and then learning from them. It's right. a lot of wisdom that can be shared through older people, older people specifically. Right. Well, and, and yeah. I think it's, yeah, like to that point is like, if you ever get to go and talk to somebody who's older uh, and you just treat them as a person, uh, they're more than willing to share. Yeah. Like they're, uh, like you you hear it all the time these days. It's like uh, once uh, somebody's super successful, they get out of their career, they're like, how can I give back? Mm-hmm. It's like, I, all you have to do is be, I love the the humility piece is like, I would love to just pick your brain. I would just love to learn as much as I can from you. You've, you've seen the world, you've done these things. Uh, how can I, how can I be of service to you so I can just learn? Mm. Yeah. So I love that. Okay, bro. Thanks for that personal. Well, last one for you. What's one mistake you see sellers making across the industry or across reps that you've managed in the past that you'd like to give advice on? And I think we've already mentioned a little bit. I think the the follow-up piece is so important. Uh, I mentioned already, fortune is in the follow-up. And that's and again, it's not just uh, our initial call and continuing to get all those touch points till we get in our first meeting, but it's like, how are you going to differentiate yourself 
in that first email follow-up, right? It's like, am I actually just, am I just putting a template in there? Say, hey, here you go. This is what we talked about. Or say, hey, based on our conversation, we talked about X, Y, Z. This is what our software is going to be able to do for you. I'm excited to show you the demo next week, right? It's like that type of follow-up. And then the next piece is like after the demo, same thing. Uh, it, what we call as a half call, a call, a touch point in between is like, hey, I know it's been uh, a few days since we last talked. Uh, we, we had this conversation or we, we had this point where I was going to go follow up for you uh, and get an answer. Like, let, let, let's have that conversation mm. now. And so that piece right there uh, is how we will continue to differentiate ourselves. Right, like if we look at it there uh, in my role, just in my company, there's 35 other people who do exactly what I do just in different territories. Then you multiply that times all of the other businesses that are selling the exact same product and service out there. Yeah, we have some niche focuses in our industry, but the product overall is essentially the same. Sure. Right. And so I'm, I'm not only competing uh, in, in, this, in this industry there, but like all the other sales reps out there is how am I going to differentiate myself? And the easiest way to do that is with a follow-up, is how we respond after a meeting, how we respond after a phone call, how we, it's like one of the things that I, I've always done, um, and it was actually almost by necessity uh, with um, when we went to quarantine days, working from home started to blend together, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, so it, was, it was like, I did, might be Thursday today. Yeah. Uh, and so <laughs> at the at the end of my emails, uh, every single day, uh, every email I write, I always say, happy Wednesday, happy okay. happy Monday. Uh, and uh, and I always will start as like, hey, how was your weekend? How's the week going? And so those different pieces to, again, not just, hey, Will, yeah. we talked about this last week, looking forward to our demo. It's like, it's just how are we going to differentiate is so important. That's gold, bro. Fortune is in the follow-up, everyone. I got a gift for you because I know you're a golfer and that's how we hey. met. So it's a official guest of the Sell That Sass podcast, awesome. Golf Ball. So feel free to use it. Feel free uh, to hold on to it. Who knows? Um, hey, yeah. But this guy is a good golfer. Really good. <laughs> I'm all right. I got to give him some credit. So uh Everyone, this is an awesome episode. Each episode, we bring a different type of seller, different type of individual on the show. Logan really, I think, demonstrated that he's an empathetic seller. He can come in with the facts. He can understand the buyer. He can talk to them at a human level and then move into business later. I think there's a lot of value here for everyone, especially in his points in regards to the follow-up. Logan, how can people find you? Because we want to be able to get you a bunch of new followers, a bunch of new traction to your page, maybe even uh, someone who is in the space that could use your software that's maybe listening to this podcast. How can people find you? Yeah, number one is LinkedIn. Uh, I, I I stay on LinkedIn. Uh, it's how we've stayed in touch. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's uh, LinkedIn is my number one because I wanted that's the the face of my own brand, the brand of my company. Uh, LinkedIn is the the first place, and I and I would love to be able to connect you with either a mentor or somebody else who who may be able to help out your business or you individually. Uh, that's that's what a the LinkedIn's for is to be able to make those connections. So that's that's the number one place you can find me. Perfect. You guys connect with him on LinkedIn. I'll link all of his uh, LinkedIn. Uh, I'll link his LinkedIn in the podcast description as well as when I post some clips on LinkedIn. Tag you. And also, if you're in the Scottsdale area, Logan and I are both local to the area, and we'd love to meet you. And if you feel that you want to come check out a workout, message Logan. <laughs> uh, he runs workouts three times a week. Get in there. 
get a chance to connect with him. And there's a bunch of other guys who are older who have a lot of wisdom that you can just mine gold from, but it's up to you to mine it. So feel free to message us. We're always happy to help. And thank you for the fourth episode of the Sell SS podcast. We're going to be taking a two-week break for the holidays. We'll come back in the new year. Uh, as always, thank you.